All right, hi everyone. Welcome to a new week. Um, it's me again, and we're going to be doing a monologue this time around about a bunch of conversations that have popped up in my life over the past couple of days or weeks. Um, these are going to be like raw, slightly unfiltered. Um, I'm not really sure how it's going to play out, but I thought it'd just be good to talk through a few things that might eventually become full fleshed out episodes in our on season where Wale and I might invite a guest on and really dive deeply into them. I feel like I'm going to be talking across a couple of categories. Um, I will start off with what I believe will be something around relationships and love in that kind of way. And then I might touch upon maybe career related issues and maybe tie things up with general like family conversations but i'm not promising anything <laughs> i think i'm only sure of the very first one um and i'll try and keep this under like 15 minutes so if you're on your way to work if you're in the middle of your day um hopefully it's a good listen okay um so the first one is sort of like a vibe that i feel like i've been trying to figure out um and if i'm going to describe it as something i would say is the idea of giving and receiving love but also with a bit more specificity as to what that kind of love is all right so there's a phrase i'm going to use quite a lot in this conversation and it might be is what i'm going to call sos kind of love um and by sos i mean songs of solomon so for those who might be christian or grew up in church or you know grew up reading scripture you know songs of solomon you know is that book of the bible where as a kid you know when you run into some of the verses in there you're wondering how is this in the bible but anyways i'm using that to describe more around a very expressive outward showing and you know lovey-dovey warm affectionate kind of love right and i don't know i'm coming to realize that that seems to be the standard sometimes of what genuine 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 sort of like affection feels like for for most people um and funny enough i think when you think about um society those things are kind of like celebrated you know the cute dates the hand-holding walking through the park the kisses that you still here and there um the sometimes grand gestures or you know declarations and proclamations of love like think of every rom-com you've seen it's always hot and heavy on that sort of like physicality in that sense um and then on the opposite spectrum or on the other spectrum there's folks that you might consider as i guess asexual which is when it comes to a lot of these like lovey-dovey touchy kinds of things they're not necessarily for it um actually you know let me actually google specifically what asexual means um and that's asexuality is the lack of sexual attraction to others or low absent interest in or desire for sexual activity so actually that's not what i mean because i'm not speaking specifically about sexual activity i think i'm speaking just generally around the expression of love and emotion in a certain kind of way um, but all that to say lately um i feel like i'm not necessarily up for 
being on the receiving end of that kind of like love and emotion and attention in a weird way because i feel like i'm all i'm i consider myself as quite an expressive person and um i can be very quote-unquote lovey-dovey and cute and all of that by my own definition of those words but yeah um but lately and looking at my past relationships i think that i have evolved and i'm now this person that the way i described it to a friend earlier was i prefer a practical kind of love and i don't even know what i mean by that okay so let me try and read what i sense um and maybe leave out any details um so i think i said that you know um so okay let me just read it out or paraphrase a bit so like i said earlier on the traditional things that people tend to expect in conversations or in sort of like relationships you know things that aren't necessarily bad to want um like i said the meet cutes the you know call me tell me how much you love me all of those things like all of those things i feel like my appetite for those things have started to dwindle um and i'm still trying to figure out why which is why i said this might go into a full-fledged episode at some point but i'm sharing it now just to see if there's anybody out there that sort of like vibing or agrees or feels a certain way um and then maybe you're the guest that we bring on board to talk about the episode um but i went for what i want to say to this other friend that what i think that i now want is a gentle type of practical efficient and simple kind of love and affection um but that i think some people interpret that as you know you not liking uh, the person on the receiving end of that whatever enough um you know to do the things that everyone attributes as loving affectionate and all of those things right um and my argument was sort of i feel that just because that that's the most common way and the way that's been projected as what love should be like or the things that come with love and affection and attraction and things like that um doesn't mean that the absence of those things or shouldn't mean that the absence of those things then means that you know that feeling and affection necessarily isn't there and i know this sounds like a love language conversation um because there is that but i don't think this is even a sort of like oh this person prefers gifts this person prefers quality time or touch like there's that level but i feel like the level i'm maybe referring to is also the intensity and the showiness of i don't know emotion and love in that way um now i went the other thing that i was sharing was like you know sometimes i think about maybe it's the performative nature of those things that has me feeling a certain way like you know when people talk about or how did this person ask you out or you know marriage proposals for example like i have a very very interesting perspective me and wally did a deep dive or wally did a monologue on this where he explained the reason for certain things and the practicality of proposals and things like that and on the level i understand that but i guess i'm just i don't know again these are not fully formed thoughts yet i think these are just me laying down the seeds for what might be a full-blown conversation and things that i need to explore later on and some of you someone might be listening to this now and maybe you can see through what i'm saying and maybe you have a response or an answer or something but anyways we'll see about that but anyways back to the performative nature of some of these things 
I think for me, what I tend to not want to be on the receiving end of is sort of like this pressure of reciprocity when it comes to someone expressing a certain kind of emotion and desire in that sense. Um, and what I mean by that is I think sometimes, um, although people say, yes, this is how I like to show love and all of those things, and I'm not dealing with any expectations. If you fast forward down the line of that, there's still some expectation that kind of needs to come through or that they expect should come through right um but sometimes it's also like when somebody shows you a certain kind of love and affection or whatever in a way that um i guess you're fine with but you don't want to have to dish it out in that kind of way when you then don't dish it out it then raises questions of you know how genuine your feelings are and maybe that's like the case that maybe if you really found someone that you really were into 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 all of the things that you're questioning would come freely um maybe um but i don't think it's that binary is what i would say um but i would say all of that and say that i'm still trying to like check myself and figure out what exactly it is if it's um again the case of wrong person right person wrong person right time right person wrong time sort of thing but i guess the entire the point i'm trying to sort of like dive into here is um you know yes there's love like yes there are love languages but when it comes to the intensity of how emotion and love and things are expressed you know is that a barometer for someone's true feelings about you know a situation in that sense um and slightly connected to that is so i'm reading this book right now and it's called how to avoid falling in love with a jerk um and it's a it's an interesting it's an interesting book um and i found out about it through a youtube channel that i follow called cinema therapy and what they try to do is take um movies um characters in movies relationships in movies and interactions in movies and try to view it through the lens of psychology and all of these things and really try to break down you know certain traits acts and just helping you understand characters and relationships and things within movies better but also process anything because obviously movies are usually a reflection of some version of society or some version of an individual's life and so there are lessons that you can always learn from assessing the situations and you know breaking down characters anyways um so they did a series where they were rating relationships in movies from disney movies to regular movies rom-coms like pride and prejudice and things like that um and a book was referenced which was how to avoid falling in love with a jerk and you know there's a concept or there's there was a snippet in the book um that follows an acronym about things that you should kind of like check when or pay attention to when or assess you know when considering a relationship actually the subtitle of the book um you know actually does do does do um sort of like what i'm trying to explain better justice so let me actually just scroll and find the book and the subtitle so that i can read it out to you shouldn't be that far away one second almost there almost there guys hang on with me a second almost there yes so how to avoid falling in love with a jerk the foolproof way to follow your heart without losing your mind and so 
the whole idea of the book is really trying to you know yes when it comes to love and affection a lot of it has to do with how you're feeling emotions and your heart um but sometimes people let their heart drive so much and you know get burnt right so this is trying to reintroduce the mind into the conversation of love so anyways there's a concept there called faces about five different categories that you should be thinking about when you're in those kinds of conversation with someone f stands for family backgrounds um a stands for attitudes and actions of conscience c stands for compatibility potential E stands for examples of past relationships and S stands for skills of communication. Um, so those are like five, it's like a framework of five things that you should be looking out for having conversations about observing um, and not just let your heart be driving. And so I'm still reading the book, so I haven't really processed all of this, but I thought this was an interesting concept to share in light of what I shared earlier, which might have been a bit of oversharing at the moment. But anyways, so family backgrounds means, I think everybody knows this, that although, yes, when you get married, you're getting married to the person and all of that, um, family backgrounds and the relationships they've had influence and shape how an adult turns out, but also can influence the relationship itself right and so a person's relationship with their dad with their mom with their siblings their extended family if they grew up in a family that is really big if they grew up in a family that was really well connected or a family that was a bit distant but still you know in touch um those kinds of dynamics have an effect on a person's expectations in the middle of a relationship um, but also expectations post the relationship into marriage when it comes to raising kids like all of these things matter right but i know society sort of celebrates like you know the person that you're with like that's all that matters but the reality is that we don't exist in isolation um even though western culture sort of like drives that a lot i think even if a person is existing in some version of isolation there's still a relationship that is or isn't happening that has an effect on the person that they are you know where does a person like to spend thanksgiving why well, i don't know why i put that as an example because that's very u.s centric where does a person like to spend christmas do they have do, does the family celebrate holidays together what does it mean when the family isn't together how often do people keep in touch with each other what does that mean about the relationship if the person doesn't speak to their mom um maybe speaks to their mom only once a week do you find that weird um or does the person find it weird that you tell your mom everything kind of like you know an issue so again family backgrounds there's no like wrong or right here but it's just observing and seeing that uh, how that influences the person that you're in a conversational relationship with and what that might mean for a potential future for you guys together number two um attitudes and actions of conscience um so i think this has to do with like um you know what has the person done and what is the person's attitude and disposition towards like you know, conscientious matters. Is that even a word? Um, honestly, I don't think I've gotten to this part of the book and I want to believe that it just means um, does the person care? How does the person act in situations um, that warrant a decision to be made? What filters is the person like processing all of these things, you know, into? Or, you know, how do they deal with waiters or people that have nothing to offer them? What is their sort of like disposition and what 
thought processes are they going through and how do they rationalize the decisions they make when it comes to acts and actions of conscience. So that's that. That's a factor. And this isn't just like how they treat you um, or their acts and attitudes of conscience towards you, but towards others as well. I think that's sort of like a key thing to sort of like evaluate um, and make sure your heart is not just driving a conversation. C is compatibility potential. Um, and so I don't, I don't think this is a thing of the person has to be interested in all the things that I'm interested in or things like that. But it's just understanding like with your different interests, with all the things that you like or don't like, how much of that blends and gels with this person that you're with, right? You know, if the person's idea of travel is off the cuff, let's go in the moment, spur of the moment. In the dating phase, it can sound exciting. <laughs> but, you know, when things are now settled down, if the person still operates that way, you know, is that something that is doable for you as a person that likes to, things to be a bit more like structured and things like that? Because a lot of things that fly in a dating, talking stage, getting to know each other phase, um, you might be thinking that, okay, this is happening because we're in this phase, but obviously things will settle down later on. Um, but you might want to rethink that a bit because some things don't eventually settle down. And so um, I think just figuring out how compatible you are on multiple fronts, not just in terms of activity, but in terms of your faith. And even if you're both Christians, like I think we all know that people sort of like express their faith and the way they place their faith in the center of their lives or in, around their lives can be different, right? And so, you know, how much of that matters to you or doesn't matter to you um, is a factor that you need to be thinking about even if you're still in the talking stage is what I like to believe. Um, e is examples of past relationships. Um, obviously, people change, people grow, people develop into sort of like new characters or, you know, learn new things, drop bad behavior and things like that. Um, but, you know, understanding who this person has been in their previous relationships can help you even figure out what you might need to pay more attention to, what you might need to um, both work on, what you might both need to speak about a lot more. Because I think people, and I use this, I don't want to say triggered, but different things can cause certain people to act in a certain way based on previous situations that they've been in, right? So maybe they've been in a relationship where, um, you know, when their decisions were questioned, it was being questioned from a negative place or from a place where they felt the need to be defensive about their responses. But maybe in this new situation, the person is asking questions from a place of understanding and wanting to get to know what's going on better um, to then, you know, put the right response. But if every time you hear a question about your decisions, you know, it gets you guarded, you know, you can then interpret the person's innocent question as sort of like, or maybe you don't want to necessarily interpret it that way, but you still feel some sense of angst and, you know, whatever from similar situations you've been in in the past. And I think we need to understand that we as human beings, not every decision that we made, I said that we made, oh my God, not every decision that we make is well thought out. We make and we take shortcuts um, based on heuristics, right? And so you might not be consciously 
like you might think that you consciously make a decision about certain things but there are a lot of decisions that are seemingly small that the reason why they feel small to you is because your brain has figured out a short court um shortcut sorry um towards reaching a final answer in that aspect and so i'm bringing this up because um certain things that you think you think through sometimes what's influencing the final decisions you made or you make in those situations are shortcuts that your mind has extracted from previous relationship and previous situations just to make it easier for you to get through those processes easier um and so that's why it's important to still as much as you know past relationships are past relationships they still have a very huge effect on future relationships and so having those conversations and seeing what has happened in those spaces um might be helpful to consider um, and center you back on just getting swallowed up in a lot of romance and good feelings and butterflies and the final thing is skills of communication which should always be a like an unspoken thing but um you know communication is quite important but i think some people think that over communicating is also like the best sometimes but i think how you communicate what you choose to say how you choose to say what you say um how you voice certain feelings when you voice certain feelings in the context in which you voice certain feelings the expectations of what happens when you voice those feelings I feel like that might be a word salad. But anyways, communication is important. And I think we're not perfect at it. And we will never, ever be perfect at communication. Um, but we just have to learn to keep expressing our words and um, using our words in the most effective way possible and learning and unlearning ways that might not be benefiting also the people that we're trying to build something with. But anyways, um, when I finish reading the book, I will maybe do a proper breakdown uh, maybe that'll be like a new episode sort of like category for us where we break down things that we've read and other things that we have in place but anyways um so this was like a two-part episode um or two-part conversation first around sort of like expression of emotion and things like that but also understanding or having a framework for moving with your mind even when your heart is is screaming a bit loud um yeah anyways I'll leave it there. Um, hopefully that gets you thinking about a few more things. And hopefully this also helps us build and flesh out an episode on either each of those things that I mentioned on this episode or on this, you know, short chat that we're having or just one of them. Um, anyways, thanks for listening to me. Uh, took slightly longer than I imagined to get here. Um, and again, it was a bit scatterbrained apologies but it's the off season we experiment um but i'll leave it here enjoy your week ahead um and catch you guys on the next one hey there thanks for listening to this off season episode of the yellow pill we're still on a break but we'll be back in a couple of weeks with new and fresh and exciting content but before then make sure to follow us on instagram at the yellow pill pod and on twitter yellow pill underscore pod to keep up to date with everything else we're putting up until we come back see you next week <laughs>